Good evening and welcome to NTD News. I'm Stephanie Cox. Here are today's top stories. President Biden confirming more classified papers found in his garage and the Justice Department announcing new action. We have the latest. The attorney for the main suspect in the murders of four Idaho students today said she needs more time to review the evidence. It's possible prosecutors will pursue the death penalty. More pay for nurses at two major New York City hospitals. The nurses' strike ended today after the union and the hospitals came to an agreement. A California city is the first to require liability insurance for gun owners, while critics argue it violates Second Amendment rights. And January 6 committee lawmakers are reportedly offering to help Brazil. The country is investigating violent protests that damaged three federal buildings. Countering the Chinese Communist Party. That's one area of agreement between most Republicans and Democrats. And today, the House bans oil reserve exports from being sent to any entity owned or controlled by the CCP. NTD's Melina Weiskopf has more from Capitol Hill. America's emergency oil stockpile sits at its lowest level since the 1980s. In a bid to lower gas prices, President Biden launched a plan to release 180 million barrels, some of them sold to Unipec, a company under the authority of the Chinese Communist Party-owned Sinopec. China now controls the world's largest government-controlled stockpile of oil with almost a billion barrels at the expense of American taxpayers and our energy security. Aimed at prohibiting the Department of Energy from doing this in the future, the U.S. House of Representatives passed a bill on a vote of 331 to 97. All Republicans and most Democrats supported it. Those who opposed it argued that the GOP bears responsibility for exports to China. You know, America should not be exporting our crude oil exports to an adversary. And that was our national policy. Uh, for 40 years until a Republican-controlled Congress authorized sending American crude oil abroad in 2015. Opposing Democrats called for a broader bill that would ban emergency oil sales to China, North Korea, Iran, and other U.S.-sanctioned countries. Now this bill is headed over to the Senate, where its fate is unclear, but I wouldn't rule out the possibility of it passing the Senate during this Congress. That's because of the bipartisan nature of this type of bill, although Senate Leader Chuck Schumer would need to see this as a priority to bring it to the floor for a vote. Now going back to the House's actions on China so far. So this week they've taken two actions with regards to China. Uh, the, uh, earlier this week they created that bipartisan select committee on China where they'll be looking at the United States strategic response to the Chinese regime. We asked Speaker McCarthy what other actions or priori priorities they have with regards to how to handle China or its influence here in the U.S. Here's what he told me. Because many times we don't speak with one voice from America. What I am trying to accomplish is get members on both sides of the aisle from all different perspectives, not just from a militarily, from financial, from agriculture and others, to bring those jobs back to America, to make sure China's not with inside America buying our farmland and others. 
And Speaker McCarthy did add that he has been in discussion with the Democrat leader, Hakeem Jeffries, on this issue. So it's clear China will be one of very few areas that will see some bipartisan cooperation over the next two years. Reporting in Washington, D.C., Melina Weiskup, NTD News. President Biden today confirming that more classified papers were found at another location. And the DOJ is tapping a special counsel to investigate the matter. NTD's Iris Tao has more from the White House. A second batch of classified materials now confirmed by President Biden. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my in my 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 personal library in the exact location a locked garage next to his corvette by the way my corvette's in a locked garage okay so it's not like you're sitting out in the street so but anyway in a yes as well as my corvette while biden emphasized that is the locked garage the house speaker says the documents were out in the open not once but now we're finding in two different locations classified information just out there in the open. I think Congress has to investigate this. The top House Democrat defending the president. I uh, believe that he's doing everything to take the appropriate steps to determine what happened. And the White House today would not say if it thinks the garage is a safe location. You see, garage is an appropriate place to store. I, I'm, I'm not going to go into uh, into into what he thinks or how he feels about what is currently happening. The press secretary did say, though, that President Biden uh, has been kept uh, in um, has been kept informed by his counsel throughout. But she still wouldn't answer why it took months for the public to be informed. And the Justice Department today tapping former Trump-appointed U.S. Attorney Robert Hur as the special counsel to investigate Biden's documents case. The extraordinary circumstances here require the appointment of a special counsel for this matter. The White House says a search for documents was completed last night. The DOJ says Biden's lawyers found another document just this morning at his Delaware home. And House Republicans say the appointment of a special counsel today will not stop their own panel from investigating Biden's handling of classified documents. Reporting from the White House, Iris Tao, NTD News. And former President Trump chimed in on Truth Social earlier today, writing, quote, Merrick Garland has to immediately end special counsel investigation into anything related to me because I did everything right and appoint a special counsel to investigate Joe Biden, who hates Biden as much as Jack Smith hates me. Trump is currently under investigation over classified documents found at his Mar-a-Lago residence, which was raided by the FBI in August last year. Republicans have decried the apparent double standard applied to the two cases, while Democrats argue that the cases are different in nature, with some lawmakers even suggesting the Biden documents could have been planted. Meanwhile, the Penn Biden Center and the University of Pennsylvania's influx of donations from China are increasingly the subject of interest. NTD's Daniel Monahan has more on that. At the heart of Biden's classified documents scandal is the Penn Biden Center. Questions abound regarding Chinese donations to the University of Pennsylvania. It received nearly $80 million in gifts and contracts from China between 2014 and 2020. And the Washington Free Beacon reports that foreign donations tripled in the two years following the Biden Center opening in 2017, with most of those funds coming from China. 
A Penn spokesperson says that Penn is fully compliant with federal law regarding the reporting of foreign gifts and contracts. Meanwhile, Hunter Biden apparently discussed the center by email before its launch. In 2016, creative artist agency agent Craig Gehring sent an email to Hunter Biden with, quote, confidential notes from their meeting. Gehring listed apparent plans that were discussed for Biden after leaving office. One of those plans included wealth creation with no additional explanation, while another included an apparent reference to the Penn Biden Center with a possible job opportunity for Hunter. According to Lindsey Graham, there could be a silver lining to the whole affair for Donald Trump. The idea of prosecuting President Trump for mishandling classified information after this has gone down dramatically. Meanwhile, Representative Jamie Raskin says the Biden administration has done everything right upon finding these documents were in the wrong place. Daniel Monahan, NTD News. Turning now to the case of the four murdered Idaho students. Today, the main suspect returned to court. Prosecutors in the case say they may pursue the death penalty. Brian Koberger's attorney waived the right to a speedy preliminary hearing, which would have taken place within 14 days. She reportedly did so in order to have more time to review the evidence. Koberger has not yet entered a plea. He's also waiting to learn whether prosecutors will pursue the death penalty. If he pleads not guilty, the case will begin working toward a trial. If he pleads guilty, a sentencing hearing will be set. His next major court appearance will be at a preliminary hearing in June. And in New York City, thousands of nurses are back at work today after a three-day strike. The union reached an agreement with the hospitals. Two New York City hospitals have reached a contract agreement with thousands of striking nurses. This ends this week's walkout, which disrupted patient care. The union representing the nurses is celebrating the outcome. And what this strike has shown is that when we fight, we win. The union says the main problem is that hospitals are understaffed. Nurses who worked during the peak of the pandemic say they had to work overtime, handle twice as many patients as they should, and skipped meals and even bathroom breaks. To mitigate that, the deal includes new patient-nurse ratio requirements. New York Governor Kathy Hochul commented on Thursday's agreement, saying, As we enter the three-year contract, they'll receive a well-deserved 19% pay increase here. Also, better benefits, higher wages for those with higher education, and again, a working environment that allows them to focus on patient care. The union also praises the new agreement. This historic contract delivers respect for our nurses and our patients. According to the union, the average starting salary for one of its nurses statewide is currently about $50 an hour. Reporting by Arian Pazdar, NTD News. Turning now to California and a silver lining to the deadly storms that have killed 18 people so far. Extreme drought conditions that had affected large parts of the state have been downgraded nearly everywhere. In Los Angeles, weather officials say they've captured enough stormwater to serve thousands of households across the county. 10.6 billion gallons of water, to be exact. That could fill 16,000 Olympic-sized swimming pools. And there's more coming. Another storm is expected to hit in mid-January. But even with the excessive rainfall, the state's drought emergency order will remain in place. And staying in the Golden State, if you live in San Jose and you own a gun, you will now need to liability insurance. It's the first city in the U.S. to introduce the measure. NTD's Eileen Eng has that story. 
San Jose gun owners are required to carry firearm liability insurance starting this year. It's the first city in the U.S. to do so and is similar to auto insurance. The liability insurance would cover losses or damages resulting from any negligent or accidental use of the firearm, including death, injury, or property damage. If a gun is stolen or lost, the owner of the firearm would be considered liable until the theft or loss is reported to authorities. The ordinance was first proposed in January 2022 in an effort to have more gun control. It came after the May 26, 2021 mass shooting at the Santa Clara Valley Transportation Authority rail yard that left nine people dead. Those who don't insure their weapons would be fined. Critics have long debated gun control laws. In Illinois, Edwards County Sheriff Darby Bow posted a statement on Facebook after HB 5471, which bans assault weapons and high-capacity magazines, was passed. It states that his duty is to protect the rights of citizens, which includes the Second Amendment's right to bear arms. Therefore, they will not be checking to ensure that lawful gun owners register their weapons with the state, nor will they be arresting or housing individuals that have been charged solely for non-compliance of this act. And on Wednesday, the Supreme Court allowed New York to keep their gun control law amidst a legal challenge. The law was enacted after the court ruled in favor that the Constitution provides a right to carry a gun outside the home last June. Meanwhile, Florida officials have put forward a proposal to ban the tracking of gun sales. They argue that the collection of data by state financial institutions violates the Second Amendment. That's after major credit card companies adopted new tracking codes that can be used to identify firearm and ammunition purchases. And remember, if you have any news tips or feedback for our show, you can email us at eveningnews at ntd.com. Coming up, a Brazilian reporter gives NTD's Arlene Richards an update on recent protests that breached federal buildings. And in the world of sports media, a prominent reporter fights back after being fired refusing the COVID vaccine. NTD's Dave Martin brings us the story when we return. U.S. and Brazilian lawmakers seem to be discussing how to cooperate in Brazil's investigation of recent protests. Meanwhile, local authorities have been granted additional powers to limit future protests. NTD's Arlene Richards has more. More than 70 federal lawmakers in Brazil and the U.S. signed a joint statement on Wednesday condemning what they called political violence in Brazil and Washington. Reuters reports the two countries have begun cooperating on Brazil's investigation of a series of protests that breached government buildings there on Sunday. The report says sources familiar with the discussion spoke to them exclusively. The sources said Representative Benny Thompson, who chaired the recently dissolved House Committee on January 6th, is one of the lawmakers discussing collaboration. NTD hasn't verified the Reuters report. Thompson said in a statement that the January 6th investigation and report is a model for similar investigations. A source close to Brazil's Senate president told Reuters that a member of the U.S. Embassy in Brazil was interested in sharing information from the investigation of former President Trump's supporters. The January 6th committee concluded in a more than 800-page report that Trump was responsible for the Capitol breach. 
Brazilian journalist Marcos Chacas told NTD a key difference between the two incidents is that Trump was still president and in Washington during January 6th, but former President Jair Bolsonaro was absent when the protests happened in Brazil. What do you think the Brazilian lawmakers are going to do in their investigation? Well, I don't have to try to figure out that they will try to point a figure at Bolsonaro. They already have. They are going to try um, to portray their opposition as extremists and, and radicals. He said lawmakers will try to disenfranchise right-wing voters for the next four years. Secretary of State Antony Blinken said on Wednesday that Washington hadn't received any specific requests from Brazil regarding the recent violence, but it would respond expeditiously if asked. Meanwhile, also on Wednesday, the Supreme Court in Brazil gave local authorities additional powers to control anti-government protests. Authorities are expecting more turmoil after the Sunday protests that resulted in significant damage to three government buildings. Shotka said the Supreme Court could be acting beyond its powers. People are scared nationwide to say anything. They're scared nationwide to do anything because um, it seems the rules of the game are not clear anymore and they're acting at will. That's a, a feeling I've heard many um, express. He said one justice ordered that protesters be arrested. There were a lot of families there, the elderly, children. All of those people, police received orders to arrest them as criminals committing crimes on the spot. Arlene Richards, NTD News. And we'll keep you updated as that story progresses. Now over to sports news. Here's NTD's Dave Martin with today's top stories. Thank you, Steph. Welcome back. Former ESPN reporter Allison Williams is suing ESPN and Disney because of their COVID-19 vaccine mandate. She and former producer Beth Faber allege the companies violated their religious freedom rights. The 38-year-old Williams said in the suit that she was undergoing in vitro fertilization and was concerned about the unknown effects the vaccine could have on a fetus. She noted that she was unable to get a doctor's note for support because she lived in California where medical licenses were threatened if doctors provided a medical exemption. She also said that as a Christian, her religious beliefs prohibited her from getting vaxxed. Williams, who's now at Fox Sports, offered to test regularly, wear a mask, and work remotely or in person. Her requests were denied, and she was fired in October of 2021. And in NFL news, the league is announcing that Atlanta will be the site for a potential Bills-Chiefs AFC championship matchup should both teams advance. The neutral site scenarios were announced last week after the Bills-Bengals game was canceled, which had major playoff seating implications. Both teams won last weekend, but with Buffalo owning the head-to-head -head tiebreaker, yet still sitting a win behind Kansas City because of the canceled game, the NFL didn't want to give either team the home field advantage. The AFC title game is set for January 29th. And for your sports viewing schedule tonight, the NBA has six games on tap featuring a Nets-Celtics clash between the top two teams in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn, however, will be without all-star Kevin Durant, who has a sprained MCL. And finally, for you hockey fans, the NHL has a dozen games on for tonight, including the Boston Bruins, who have the league's best record by a ways, hosting the Seattle Kraken. And that's it for the sports news. Back to you, Steph. Thanks, Dave. And finally, a new wellness trend. With the stresses and strains of modern life, California's health conscious are turning to a mindfulness class 
where they bathe in sound. Sound therapy is making waves, sound waves that is. This meditative body-mind practice has gained in popularity and is now one of the hottest classes in California's booming wellness industry. In West Hollywood, chiropractor Ken Best runs a clinic called Many Levels Healing. He aims to create particular frequencies of sound to induce a fully relaxed state. There are a lot of people today, because of the pandemic, everything else that we've been going through, have had such difficulty dealing with the stressors in their life and causing anxiety and brain fog, and so they can't think clearly. And we find that the sound baths really help them focus, gain back that collective thought that they're trying to get to, and also relieve their anxiety at the same time. Just as people might immerse themselves in a water bath, people here can immerse themselves in the resonant sound created by singing bowls and gongs. Best believes that when the mind and body relax, heart rate and blood pressure decrease, and a deep state of clarity begins. I really think that this would be a great help for humanity because uh, a lot of people, they don't stop and they just keep going and living life day to day. And, giving yourself time to actually reflect and allowing yourself to uh, surface all the struggles that you are going and not just the struggles, the good things as well. Uh, giving yourself that time is actually pretty beneficial now for you. Best also uses Native American drums used for tribal spiritual rituals. A Tibetan bell and scepter are instruments for Tibetan Buddhist ritual recitation. I find that the sound energy that happens through you makes me feel very grounded and centered and kind of like anything that will come at me in life, I am ready to face it and very focused. Similarly, at Artha Wellness Studio in West Hollywood, Jennifer Elliott also runs a sound bath session. Pretty much we're bringing a lot of the old ancient healing remedies to the modern world. Elliot also uses a variety of instruments, such as handmade Tibetan singing bowls and gongs. Sound therapy in my body really feels like this deep tissue massage in every single area of my body, especially my heart space. I've been going through a lot, and when I get down on my mat and allow the singing bowls to move into me, it feels like this deep, powerful wave of relaxation from the crown of my head all the way down to the tips of my toes. According to data cited in the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force screening recommendations, anxiety disorders affect 40% of U.S. women at some point in their lives and more than one in four men. And that's all for today's news. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stephanie Cox. Have a great night.